spirit leave this realm There's a God up in heaven, there's a devil in hell There's a mother, she's crying, cause her babies are dying And the father in jail, with a son by his side But our father, he loves us, unlike any of us Gave his only beloved, 316 on the cross I know where you're going, if you live in that light Don't be perfect among us, but in the dark we are light Spreading the news If you live in a lie You ain't gonna die with the truth This is Matt and Mom Live It's real, it's raw, it's relevant The show is about the topical, the conversational But most importantly, the purposeful We hope to develop and distribute hope to the broken We pray that this show blesses you today all right, we're back at it again. This is Matt and Mom Live. It's real, it's raw, it's relevant. That is our objective, to be as pointed and purposeful as possible. We are continuing our thread um, from the past three episodes, Mom, our anniversary edition, just talking about how far God has taken us as a family through thick, through thin, and, and where we all are today. So I do remember leaving off last week's episode talking about God making much of himself through the individual who allows him. You know, that's the key. Through the individual who allows God to magnify himself, God will do so. Yes, that's so true. And we just have to be willing to surrender. You know, it's not about us. It's not even about our gifts and our talents. It's saying, Lord, use me. And he will open doors and show us the way he wants us to go. So I want to kind of go on and pick up Last week, we ended with our show talking about your position at Coastal Christian Ocean City. Right. And what a unique opportunity God has given you there, Matt. Can you talk a little bit about um, exactly, I know you've been doing things with the youth there. So many opportunities have opened up just from that. Sure. Well, my position there, I'm the team leader of student ministry, so... I fit into the youth pastor position with the responsibilities of a youth minister, yet I'm not ordained by man to be in that position. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus ordains us to bear fruit, and when we're connected to the vine, we will certainly bear that type of fruit, and that's the ordainment that Pastor Matt Stokes and the other staff members of Coastal have trusted in. What a unique man uh, Pastor Matt Stokes is. You know, I've been attending there, listening to his sermons. He is a man that is immersed in the Word of God. I mean, you don't listen to his sermons without getting some history, the Greek, the time he must put into it. But more than that, to see his heart so exposed in going out on a limb with you. Sure. It's just amazing. And I'm not just saying that as your mom. I'm just saying that as if I was a congregant, too. And so many of the people in that church have come up to me and said, what a blessing. And Matt had, again, listening to God, Pastor Matt had his eyes and his ears open. And he listened. This is, I, again, go back to the fact that it's nothing about you, nothing about even Pastor Matt, but God, men and women who are willing to listen to what God is leading them to. Yeah, and from the beginning, he's trusted me in that role. It's like he's not checking up on me. He likes to know some of the the greater things that we're doing. Um, he likes to know the, the pulse of the congregation and the other ministries. But like you said, he is. He's so submerged into breaking down the Word of God so that he can feed people on Sundays. You know, he it, as like a cook, he takes time to prepare those meals. And he's a teacher at heart, 
And I can relate to that because I was doing that while I was away teaching. So his first kind of tutorial for me was, hey, how do you feel expository teaching? And I kind of chuckled because I was like, you have no idea. I was doing that every day for an hour in the midst of my peers for over four years. And it was like that was the training and the preparation to be under Matt one day that I had no clue exactly. God was working out. And that is right. We both have the same style, and it, but it's complementary. I've had people, even young people, come up and say that to me. They've never really seen two people complement each other as well as you two. So long before you were out of prison, God was placing these things into motion. Right. And you just stepped into it again back to the willing heart. Right, right, right timing. And, you know, my position there with the responsibilities of overseeing the student ministry, which entails of or consists of junior high students, 6th through 8th grade, and senior high students, ninth through 12th grade. And originally when I took over the position, you had the 6th graders mixed in with the 12th graders. So it was one large youth group. And can be effective, however, if you're a senior in high school, it's very doubtful that you would want to be with a 6th grader. There may be times for them to intermingle, but if you want each group to grow, I realized I have to separate them. So one of the first things I did on my youth ministry night, which was a Thursday night, was I divided the times. So the senior high kids would come in immediately and they would be kind of separated from the junior high kids and they would come immediately into the teaching room. They would get their lesson and then the junior high kids, after that amount of time, 45 minutes, would come into the teaching room and the senior high kids would take their place in the common room. And we did that for several weeks and it was effective and you saw it growing. However, it was hard as the overseer to figure out what was going on in the opposite room, regardless of having, you know, Sarah was there as, as one of the volunteers, my wife, some of the other awesome um, people that I took onto the team, they were there. But you don't want to hear things that happen outside of your presence that you feel like you can have a, a better control over. Well, and you're responsible for that time. Exactly. And I felt like, all right, not only are each group, they're getting kind of shirked of what it could be. So we'd move the senior high to a different night, leaving the junior high on Thursday nights, giving them the full 90 minutes, and giving the senior high on Monday nights full 90 minutes. And it really, yeah, they say it brought another day to my schedule as far as going up there and traveling back and forth. But it opened up so much because we got up to 40, maybe 50 senior high kids now. And from how many different churches? It's not only different churches, it's different high schools. There's like seven or eight different high schools represented in this student group. And wow. you can pull other groups wherever you're from, wherever you're listening at. And it's very doubtful that there'll be so many schools represented in one youth group. It's usually one or two schools. So there's something going on there. God is raising up these kids in these different high schools for such a time as this. And, you know, we just do different events. We took them all to Word of Life Camp in Shroon Lake. I uh, went on on that trip for the first time. And awesome event up in Shroon Lake, New York. They put on a, a fabulous camp. And then we did a closer walk right here in Wildwood, which is on the beach. Again, they have guest speakers coming in, worship, and other just little events, really just to get the kids together, to get involved in each other's lives. And every time you do something, it seems like the Lord is opening up more doors. Like at Shroon Lake, you were asked to give your testimony. Sure. How um, many students were there for that? About five, 600 students were present for that. Other youth pastors that were present. You know, oh very tight-knit camp the way they run. And it was very unlikely for them to invite a stranger right. to share on the most important night, which was Wednesday night, which was the campfire night, where they forced the kids to make a decision. 
that's like the night where they say, you know what, we're all in, and they make the kids make a decision about Jesus. And if they want to make that decision, they take a, a stick and they throw it in the campfire, which could represent their old life. It could represent bad habits. It could represent anything, sin. And they ask me to share. So here I am in front of a campfire sharing about 10 minutes of my life, testimony, and whatever God laid on my heart. And the, the response afterwards from not only the staff there, other youth pastors since then have invited me up to their churches to run their youth rallies. We're going as far as Massachusetts. We're in Pennsylvania, maybe New York. And it's just remarkable. Every time I say yes to God, and sometimes I don't want to, I don't want to say yes because the flesh would rather just... Well, you get tired. You get weary. And you feel like saying, you know, all of this is preparation. You don't just walk in and say, okay, let's just uh, tickle people's ears. Right. It's tailor-made. You pray about things. So, yeah, I, I think that's a key point for everybody that's listening. If we say yes to those opportunities that God gives us, he is going to make more opportunities for us. Sure. It's like the, the, the guy that buried his one talent. So he buries it and thinks it's safe, and he winds up not even having that talent. Right. But other people that got their talents and used them, I've thought about that my whole life. There were times when there were things that were a little bit overwhelming and daunting. For instance, when you went to prison, and then school started to ask if I would come and tell your story. Well, I just wasn't comfortable going in and relaying your story, but prayed about it and the Lord helped me put together like just through prayer and wisdom uh, a PowerPoint with you in it that really did uh, meet the need of the schools and was well received but those are the things where again like you were just saying it's easy to back away from these things yeah and a lot of times we don't want to feel vulnerable I think there's such beauty in vulnerability and to hear people share their hearts and you know what we're not always talking about being on a stage or a platform and, and talking or teaching or preaching or sharing, there's other ways where God wants you to say yes. And it could be something as simple as serving a coworker, a classmate, serving a older parent, serving a neighbor. These, these little things that God wants us to say yes to. And we sometimes, because we're so comfortable in our comfort zone, we say no. And every time we say no, I believe we're missing out on further opportunities, not only advance the kingdom, but in the advancement of the kingdom, God wants to favor his children. We're, we're children of a king. So I'm not going to walk around, not only in my community or in Ocean City or anywhere God leads me, as a pauper. There's nothing poor about following the king of the world. So, you know, along those lines, I believe, Mom, when you showed your vulnerability, and I showed my vulnerability, and we allowed God to show himself off through that weakness. The Bible says when we're weak, he is strong. There are people who need to see that, and it gives them strength. So, recently we were contacted by a family who is going through a similar tragedy, and it may be just a little bit more grievous because there were several people that were affected, several lives that were taken, and imagine had we not opened up our lives. Right, where would they go? There would be no ministry. For encouragement, yes. And she recently wrote me an email, Mom, I would not want to do, give their name out on um, this podcast until we get permission from them, but she recently, the mother wrote me an email saying she read your book. And she read it again, and it's like her lifeline right now of how relevant it is to what she's feeling. She feels as if she's been slammed, and it's through your book, which makes you vulnerable. You've exposed your life in that book, but it's exactly what she needs right now to govern her circumstances. 
Right. And these are all ministry opportunities that God keeps opening up. And even this particular person contacted you again for encouragement. She is drowning and they have a very difficult path ahead of them. And she was asking you for just anything to hold on to. Sure. Insights, advices, encouragement. And I could tell you, Matt, had I not gone through this, I wouldn't testify that since she has contacted us, literally every night I wake up and pray for her because I know what she's going through. And right. I, I'm i praying that she really has that very deep and strong relationship with Christ. And that's where I would hope the book is even exposing her to more of what the Word of God says in those situations. Sure. So back to you know that the student ministry position and just overseeing students who have pliable minds is unbelievable. And it's funny, Matt will be in the middle of his sermon, Pastor Matt, and he'll be talking about something, adversity or pressure or tribulation, and he'll maybe ad-lib it because it might not be written in his sermon, but because I'm sitting in the congregation, he'll say, yeah, and our, our youth minister, Matt Mayer, who was just in prison, and oh, he by the way, he's upstairs with our kids right now. And it's like, if you hear that and you have no idea who Matt Mayer is, you have to be like, what did he just say? So when, when he does that, it's like, who am I and why am I with the kids? And when you really kind of boil that down, you say, wow, who am I that God would give me the favor to be with the students? And it, it, I guess a lot of people in that circle or that network called Coastal Christian realize the influence that comes with the platform that I once stood on, not only being a professional athlete, but being um, in prison. And then being the one responsible for tragedy, but now not only finding purpose in it, in the pain, but to some people, mom, they look at me as admirable and honorable. And it's God's favor. And that's God's favor as opposed to being a villain. So sometimes when I'm teaching the students and I realize how pliable their minds are and how serious my position is to make sure that I'm giving them not only meat, but truth. And like you said, it's so easy to come in with stories and tickle people's ears and tell them what they want to hear. But I believe the groups are growing because their spirits crave truth. And in a world that is giving out so many lies, and I'm really harping on them at this, this time of the year about their social media and how they represent who they are and their faith. And that's where they usually get all the lies and they're bombarded by all these messages. And it's like, wow. When's the last time I say to them sometimes that you retweeted Jesus's life with your life? Mm -hmm. So if you don't know what that means, you know, it's a Twitter concept, but I want them to be replicates, imitations of Jesus. You know, just to talk about what Jesus thinks of little children, young children, pliable minds, the scripture comes to mind is, you know, woe is he who causes one of these little ones to stumble. It would be better if a millstone was hung around their neck and they were thrown to the bottom of the ocean. Think of his strong language in that scripture. And basically God is saying, if you cause one of my children to stumble, and believe me, we're all causing it when we don't do something about some of the cultural influences that are causing them to stumble. Right. He is saying, you should be thrown to death in the bottom of the ocean. What are you saying? It would be better. He said it. In that scenario, that situation, right. it would have been better for you basically not to have even existed. To do nothing. <laughs> yes. So he's not saying the result 
of you not doing it, mm-hmm. you should be thrown into the ocean. That's not what he's saying. A lot of people will misquote that particular passage, especially in prison. Guys that um, dealt with children in a harmful way or endangered the welfare of a child, they would pull that scripture up. Like, see, Matt, you know, they shouldn't even be in the Bible study. They should have a, a millstone tied around their neck. I said, well, that's not exactly what that's saying. And if they repent and they change their mind and their behavior follows suit, then, of course, they're going to be given forgiveness and mercy just like you and I. What that scripture is saying is whoever causes a child, and you and I are children actually, Mom, mm-hmm. in accordance to that word, but in particular to the youth of today, whoever causes a child to be thrown off track – Think about the, the curriculums that public schools are teaching children, mm-hmm. and then we wonder why, why something atrocious happens in a public school, and you say, well, what do you expect? You pushed God out. You pushed the governance of truth out of that school, and then evil has a, a way to walk right into the front office? Of course. Mm-hmm. And that's throwing kids off track. It would have been better, basically, for that entire uh, system or person or whatever you want to put to not have existed and to have been put a millstone on their neck and thrown into the sea, then for them to mislead or misinfluence a child. And so the juxtaposition of that is the influence that God is allowing you to have on youth is just it's just a favor. It's a favor from God. It's a blessing. Yeah, I still get messages from 2009. I just got a message from some kid on Instagram who said, I just saw you and your wife walking in Brigantine. So he's from Atlantic City. He said, you don't remember me or would you know me, but I remember you spoke at my school in 2009. Keep up the great work. He basically was telling me, I'll never forget what you shared. And that's six years ago. So it's like, it's amazing how the fruit of that is continually coming up even today. And those seeds were planted six years ago. So I think in conclusion, we could say that for the good and for the bad, we are either planting good seeds or we're planting weeds. And so whether we know it or not, everything we do affects other people. And so I think it's important for us to you know, look at our own lives as we listen to these podcasts and, and ask ourselves, what are we doing in the ministry that God has placed before us? Sure, and I, I believe that every believer – has a level of influence or, or a measure of influence that God has entrusted to them, and it's how you use it. And I believe that's how God gives the blessing upon those talents, so to speak, and how he multiplies those talents in your life and gives you greater responsibility. And unfortunately, if you're not using that type of influence, and you know, Mom, as a mom, you are probably the greatest influence in the house with your children. So if, Mom, you're listening out there and you have children, you say, well, I don't have influence, and you're mistaken. You have more influence than most people in those kids' lives. Teachers, you have so much influence on the students' minds. Coaches, your athletes. I mean, you don't have to be a celebrity as the world promotes it to be influential. I mean, what I'll be speaking about um, coming up soon in one of the, the sermons that I'm entrusted to to give at Coastal Christian is basically breaking down the meaning behind influence. And it's sad that so many of our youth are influenced by the likes of Kim Kardashian and they take so much time to keep up with the Kardashians that they think that is what they're striving to be and is the farthest thing from the truth. It actually is the saddest thing to witness. So wherever you are, wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, God has entrusted you with responsibility and influence and it's what you do with both of those things that will determine where you go from there. You may be drowning You may be suffering. You may be in adversity. And I pause and say, we know what that feels like. We would not be sitting here today talking about anything worthwhile 
productive, purposeful, had we not surrendered our will for God's will, even in those dark moments. Because the moment you surrender, I guarantee you that light will begin to flood in. And it may not look good, but you can trust that you serve a God that makes things all good. So, we close out this show. It was the fourth episode to our anniversary edition. What's the anniversary for? Well, it's been over a year now since I've been out and how far God has taken all of us in spite of us. I served four years and seven months in state prison. Deserve none of the favor in my life, but I accept it wholeheartedly. And I end with reminding you that God will make much of himself through the individual who allows him. And Psalms 46.10, be still and know that he is God. He is still on the throne. Thank you. Which way are you going? Yahweh, you don't know him. I answer his calling. Y'all people ain't knowing. He breathed in my lungs and spared me from Satan. And now that I love even my loved ones, they hate. Waiting patiently, pacing for me to fall on my face. But I'm falling in faith. Pardon me for his grace. There's a battle out there, spiritly in this realm. There's a God up in heaven. There's a devil in hell. There's a mother, she's crying, cause her babies are dying. And the father in jail, with a son by his side. But our father, he loves us, unlike any of us. Gave his only beloved, 316 on the cross. I know where you're going, if you live in that light. No one perfect among us, but in the dark we are light. Thank you, Jesus, I love you. Help me spread the good news. If you live in a lie, you ain't gonna die with the truth. doing something different. Nah, don't you know they've been watching that block that you're on since before my time? Wow. So what makes you think that you're doing something different? You want to do something different? Put your faith in Christ. I've been there.